0: Information, news, and entertainment on demand.
1: WSRadio.com
2: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com
3: Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly.
1: Hi, welcome back to another episode of Heart Empowered Women. My name is Clarice Connolly, and with me as my co host is Ruby June. Good morning. And uh, today, as Every first and third Friday of the month, we're bringing to you um, a topic about something that most people aren't talking about, something that may riddle you throughout the day that you're unaware of. And really, today we're just focusing on shame and what that looks like, really how it shows up, you know, distinguishing and differentiating that from guilt. And, you know, as always, you know, how. When left unattended, it compounds and just leaving you with the ability to walk away with something little, a tiny change, uh, something that you can go ahead and apply as of four minutes from now, something that you can tangibly work on and notice and really just kind of take with you to kind of shift the paradigm or the lens in which you view certain situations throughout your day. So with that, uh, shame. So ultimately, like, what is shame? Like, what does that even mean? You know, I feel like for me, it was never really something I talked about or a pain or a feeling that I could actually actively identify. And so this topic just seems super important for me because it's kind of like it shows up everywhere, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we know what it is or how to notice it. And there's just been so many kind of quotes that I've that have stood out and I just want to read one for you shame says that because I am flawed I am unacceptable just sitting with that really is ah uh, right um what do you what would you say that you are how would you define shame and, and what that means or should for you
4: so I think that a really important distinction, distinction to make is what is the difference between guilt and shame? Because they are very um, – they're connected and sometimes they can feel similarly, but it's, it's a really important distinction. Um, so the difference between shame and guilt is very clear in theory. We feel guilty for what we do. And we feel shame for what we are. So to kind of expand on that a little bit, um, guilt is really, it's an internal feeling. You only need yourself to experience it. And shame comes from perceived judgments from others. So it's the fear of being criticized or ridiculed within certain social constructs or um societal obligations or understanding um it's really about being humiliated by others or what you perceive they are thinking of you whereas guilt like you really only sit with it yourself um so for me i may feel a lot of guilt for actions that i have taken in the past especially um being someone who has done a lot of work with substance abuse, I feel guilty when I sit and think about the things that I have done. But when I bring those things to other people and reflect them or discuss them, what I'm feeling is ashamed because I think that they are judging me whether or not they actually express that to me.
1: Yeah, that's that's huge right like that's a great way to kind of identify that right is like guilt is this internal feeling um that you kind of sit in almost like remorse and really just almost like oh shoulda coulda woulda yeah definitely and i think that's a big way to differentiate or like like identify guilt is like oh i should have done this or I wish I would have done that. And and like that kind of feels like it's almost easier to identify. I think for me especially, I start to think of like, oh man, I really wish I would have said that thing and I wish that I could have done that for that person. That's super easy, right? And so when you know that that's guilt, you know, how do you separate shame? And, you know, shame is definitely a little bit trickier. It's definitely one of those things that you're just like um, also easily confused with like embarrassment.
4: Yes, definitely.
1: And so if you were to kind of break down, like, how would you differentiate like embarrassment and shame? I think that there's like that piece of um, when you're embarrassed, you kind of feel awkward and uncomfortable. And it's almost like a little more lighthearted than shame.
4: Yeah, I think within embarrassment, you can sometimes laugh at yourself to an mm-hmm. extent maybe or it's it's easier to let go of whereas shame is often rooted in I'm not good enough and that can be such a soul level destructive feeling mm-hmm. to hold on to because that can seep into a lot of your other emotions and a lot of your other experiences of day-to-day life. Embarrassment, you can laugh at yourself and move on. Shake it off. Yeah. Shame just finds a way to get lodged in your body.
1: And it's almost like this. Um, it For me, when I think of shame, it's kind of like having this, like something happens and it just starts to like spread infectiously throughout like your body. It's almost like this heat, like uh, you get flush in your face immediately and all of a sudden you swallowed a rock or like yeah. you really feel like, oh, oh gosh. Uh, and, you know, almost this like inflaming feeling of this anxiety that just like strickens your whole body. I know sometimes for me it's like paralysis. I get in this like, oh God, like I just oh. and then you can't see anything. You can't hear anything. And all of a sudden it's this big like, you know, emotional movement of energy and feelings and, you know, sensations that you're just kind of like put baby in the corner this doesn't feel great i don't know what just happened
4: yeah um i think when i experience shame i often if i'm trying to picture it to get a better sense of it i imagine that somebody injected a sort of like dark toxin in my body and i can literally watch it move throughout my entire system and be really overwhelmed and taken out by it. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're embarrassed, you often like blush and you feel a little like awkward. Maybe you can't make eye contact with shame. I really feel like that, that blush goes down your whole body. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a very heavy, Mm -hmm. difficult to shake feeling.
1: And it's, and it's funny too. I think in the, in regard to shame there's almost this place of um, depending on what it is really, like how dark and cynical I can get to deflect like what I'm actually feeling. So it's kind of like, you know, having that, um, that trigger and noticing how you act about it. And then kind of, I think almost this recovery period when you get done, you're like, Oh, why did I say that? Or like, Ooh, where did that come from? Or and even I think most people reflect that to me because I'm normally this light and airy person, and then I have these very cynical and dry, like dark um, things that I say that are people are like, oh, um, yeah,
4: that's true, you do. Yeah,
1: that's not expected. And you know, it's funny because I can notice those things better than I can actually notice shame. So it's kind of like, you know, and and this is kind of why we decided to go into detail with this is because it's really kind of this foreign concept if you don't kind of dissect it and identify, um, you know, what it actually is and what it means and really kind of have that comparison of like, okay, it's not guilt. Got it. Guilt's actually much more rampant and much more um, identifiable. And it's not embarrassment, but it's kind of like embarrassment, right? And this is obviously like something you're probably not going to pick up. And, you know, I would absolutely love for you to kind of sit with like, where are the moments when you feel ultra flush and you kind of don't understand what just happened or the the moments when you um, deflect? And I know deflections kind of this complex word, but it's kind of like you feel one thing, but you do something else to avoid the feeling. Um, and for me it's dry humor and sarcasm and and there's also the piece too of like it's um a practice I mean it's really something to sit with these and you know honestly just pause and listen and like what comes up for you right so what is something that you're ashamed of
4: yeah and I feel like I just want to highlight some of the things that you said um and why it is so important to make the distinction between guilt and shame because the wish to relieve guilt may motivate you to make a confession of some sort but the wish to avoid the humiliation of shame may prevent it so now you've got yourself stuck Mm -hmm. and you're not really sure how to work with it if you can't identify what is actually happening for you then you can't take the steps that you need to pull yourself back out of those really negative and insidious feelings
1: yeah no that and that's such an even more important piece too it's like guilt is super easy to talk about and want to relieve but when you're ashamed you're kind of in this like complex situation of like oh I don't want to talk about this but I know that it would probably make a difference and how do I but I don't really and then you become like this like super stuck person that's kind of like what is happening for me I don't get it and I love that and that's like Mm -hmm. crucial and thank you so much for bringing that up it's it's really shame is a tricky one and that's what we're here to kind of dive in for and so up next after the break uh, we're going to really kind of expand into personal and specific ways that they show up for the both of us and so that you can hear yourself in them too and work on shifting that for yourself. So tune in and we'll be back
2: in a few.
5: Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business Radio. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. It's for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. It'll help you to work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, go to scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com.
6: at upgmobilemarketinggroup.com. In the
7: military, things can change in an instant. The Navy Mutual Aid Association... We understand because it's our life too. That's why our dedication to serving the life insurance needs of our military veterans and their families is unrivaled. Navy Mutual offers superior life insurance protection without military service restrictions and limitations. A single focus on providing the peace of mind military families are looking for. That's what we do. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Call 800-628-6011 or go to NavyMutual.org. Talk to me. Information, news, and entertainment on demand.
1: WSRadio.com
2: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com
3: Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host Clarice Connolly. Hi, welcome back to
1: the second segment of this show and we were just kind of talking about shame and really getting clear on distinguishing what that is and what it can be compared to and you know ultimately not what it isn't but what it's confused with. And I think, I think that that was the most important piece is just really getting clear that, you know, it's, for me especially, something that's less identifiable. And, like, there's actually clear ways to do that. And, and one of the ways we're going to go into now is that there's two types of it essentially. And it comes in many forms. And, you know, we'd probably talk forever if that were the case. But the ones that we're focusing on right now is this essentially the fleeting shame and chronic shame, and what that looks like. So for me, I'm more of the fleeting uh, shame type, and that essentially just shows up around my weight. Um, I am someone that regularly, you know, is so in tune with the seasons that when winter comes around, puts on the ten pounds of weight. Like, I eat the root vegetables. I eat, you know, I hibernate. My body's like, nope no working out, right? Super predictable, really eh, something that I've been doing for a long time. And it's funny because, I mean, it's never funny for me personally, but uh, now that it's spring, winter, I get these really immense and intense situations of shame because I want to eat, you know, the pancakes for breakfast, the potato hash for lunch, the pasta for dinner and then I sit in this shame of like I'm not working out enough to eat all these carbohydrates and I start to spiral into um this is gonna equal me gaining weight and you know the shame comes in when it looks like like oh yeah pasta for dinner Uh uh-huh and how many vegetables had you had today you know and it's this really harsh critic where I start to um not allow myself the meals that I think equal weight gain. And it's something where it's super loud in the beginning, right? Like I've got the nice lean summer body and the second that potatoes are in season and pastas in abundance, like, it's like, Oh God, what am I going to do? And I can't even be in the kitchen. I don't even want to cook. Like I, want to eat nothing but salads and that kind of creates this like compounding feeling of the it it, yeah it creates like this binge eating feeling of like I can say no for a solid week but boy if I accidentally put a piece of pasta in my mouth I'm having pasta for breakfast lunch and dinner for three days and And it's this thing of that, you know, I will sit in shame all winter and stockpile all the evidence against myself as to how this meal or this food is causing my weight gain. And this food is causing me to be imperfect. And this imperfection is causing me to feel unacceptable, unlovable, unworthy. And then I just spiral into this I mean, most of the times it's all winter. I just let it keep going and then all of a sudden it's like a dark, dreary three months of I'm enormous and I can't see or hear what anybody else has to say about my figure. And it's not this like... um, Yeah, it's not like this thing that... I've gotten a hold on, right? But it's predictable that when spring comes around, the energy shifts and the food is light and airy and healthy. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, no big deal. Like I put on all this weight per usual and now I'm working out. Now I'm eating healthy. Now I'm drinking water. Right. But, um, I think that it's, I I feel like I'm outing myself. So all of a sudden, I'm just starting to like panic and I'm like, oh God, I can't. (laughs) So this is what it feels like live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, and Ruby and I are roommates. And so I'm going to throw it to you if you would like to ask me how it shows up or ask me like what um, you see for me and that others can hear themselves in. Yeah, absolutely. Um...
4: And. Something that I really want to highlight here is um, shame is the feeling, not the actions that you're taking. Mm -hmm. So while you experience shame more viscerally in the winter because of the foods that are available to you or the actions that you're taking, it's the actions themselves are not what's causing your shame. And you could still potentially go to like have a beach day in the middle of summer. And those insidious thoughts could creep back in about Mm -hmm. your body shame because they are coming from deep seated, like very rooted beliefs that you have about yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Whether or
4: not those are in any way true, they are things that you perceive to be real for yourself And that's where the shame comes in, not in the actions that you're taking, if that makes sense. No, totally. Um, So it is interesting being your roommate and (laughs) dear, dear friend, um, watching you spiral into shame. Um, And I feel like because I know it so well in myself and because I know you so well, I really can feel it as first it starts with a lack of eye contact you like look down and your cheeks heat up a little bit and it looks like you're trying to swallow like a huge vitamin (laughs) or something like you've got like a rock in your throat um and then what happens next is it's like almost like there's a vacuum in the room and all of the air gets sucked right out of the room and i can like feel how you're feeling and this sort of like tornado effect that's going on in your head and it all starts with a simple belief um and that like very simple belief for shame is often i'm not good enough i'm flawed as a whole and then and that's that's something that a lot of people struggle with is the feeling of not being good enough Mm -hmm. and that is the root or the core of a lot of different things and it shows up in different forms, whether it's the perfectionist or the critic or the cynic, but it's often feeling like you don't have a place in society. You know, it's within our human nature to want to belong and fit in and feel like we have value. Mm-hmm. And when your like inherent belief is "I'm not good enough, I don't deserve those things." that can just branch out into all sorts of different ways.
1: Everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we, so that's essentially like the fleeting, right? Like mine's very seasonal or mine comes with when food's around and it yep. dissipates when food's not around or when weight's not around and I've lost all the weight. So what would you say for you the chronic um, shame looks like and how you experience it?
4: So chronic shame for me, I am very good friends with my shame. I have grown up feeling ashamed Um, ashamed of my past ashamed of maybe some of my family dynamics um, ashamed of choices that I've made or choices that have been made for me shame around substance abuse as a way to cope and so shame often just feels like Being very ill to my stomach. Um, When I'm in the middle of a shame spiral, I can go days without eating
6: because Mm
4: -hmm. on a very physical level, even though I'm not necessarily conscious of having this thought right away, my body is telling me that I don't deserve to do the things that I need to be nourished and Mm -hmm. that I need to be okay and mm-hmm. flourishing as a human. So it really manifests like first it's a physical feeling, very visceral where it's like somebody threw like a hot, heavy blanket on me. And I can feel the weight of that blanket and it slowly starts to collapse in on me and it's he- it's heavy. It's mm-hmm. heavy and I carry Sorry. it everywhere. Um,
1: it's that wet blanket.
4: It's yeah, absolutely. But then it starts to show up in different ways where I I begin to isolate because I feel like I don't have anything to contribute to my relationships. I stop eating. I don't drink enough water. I don't sleep enough or I sleep too much. Mm-hmm. And like the basic things that I need to do to take care of myself, I find myself incapable of because I believe I'm not worthy.
1: Yeah, that's and that's you know, and that's a big piece I want to say to the people listening. It's like while the stories might be different, and you may not have the situations that either of us have, right? You can kind of listen for where that speaks to you in your life, and listen for the similarities and some of the things that are happening on a regular basis, or some of the body experiences that you I can identify with that you've felt but don't understand, right? So that's kind of why we share these things for you so you can hear yourselves in them, whether or not they're exactly the same or whether or not there's a varying or slight difference in what we're saying. But just to share to you rawly and vulnerably that shame is everywhere and it shows up differently for each people. So tune into the next segment and we're going to kind of expand on what compound effect looks like and how... That shows up for you. Thank you for listening at
7: heartempoweredwomen.com. If you heard that sound, you probably are eligible for insurance from Navy Mutual, insuring the men and women of the Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard. Here's what one policyholder, retired Navy Commander Thomas Dane, had to say. Navy Mutual is the best insurance decision I ever made. I wish you had a savings plan available that are in the rates my Navy Mutual insurance has been earning. Navy Mutual Aid Association, started by military members in 1879, serves active, reserve, and retired military today. Navy Mutual honors our military by providing them affordable life insurance. With the features they need, without fine print, sales fees, or military service restrictions, value, integrity, trust, and stability are the cornerstones in which our commitment to you and your loved ones are built. Call Navy Mutual at 1-800-628-6011 or NavyMutual.org for your personal life insurance plan consultation. 1-800-628-6011
6: or NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, insuring those who serve. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine & Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect.
3: Do you want to be a professional coach?
0: information, news and entertainment on demand.
1: WS
2: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com.
3: Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly.
1: And welcome back. I am Clarice Connolly. I am a life coach in sunny San Diego. And we are sitting here with my soul sister and roommate, Ruby June. Hi. And so, the last two segments, we just talked about distinguishing what is shame. And the difference between shame, guilt, and embarrassment. And really kind of explaining to you or kind of sharing with you um, and expanding where shame shows up. And one of the things that I want to express is that shame does not make us invalid or like does not make us less of a person. And if we are someone who experiences a lot of shame, like that's okay too, right? That that's something that this pain of shame is actually trying to teach you something. And when you can follow that shame, there's actually something beautiful on the other side. And this episode or this segment, I want to really expand on like the compounding effect, right? Right. So there's this thought of you wake up in the morning and you're great, right? Like life's great, it's good, it's a morning, no big deal. But the second you're realizing you're going to be late to work, let's say, kind of brings on this shame of like I did it again or like I can't I'm not good enough to be on time, like what is wrong with me, right? Like you can start to really um take what was a great morning or a good morning and have this trigger of a shame cycle. And if it left unattended or left unnoticed, it, it builds on to your day. Like It kind of sets the tone for your day. I was late, so now I'm going to be flustered. Now I'm going to be frazzled, trying to get everything together. And, and you, if you've noticed this before, it can actually set your tone for the day in regard to like if you don't notice it, it will continue to almost like perpetuate and then you'll be frazzled right and then you'll be behind and then you can't get it together and then it's just like you end up gathering subconsciously more evidence as to why you're not enough right and it really is what happens when you don't notice these things what happens when it's left unattended in your body subconsciously your survival mechanism like your negative little voice inside your head's like yeah yep you relate and you don't have this together and you forgot your lunch and, right, have you ever had one of those days like, ugh.
4: Oh, all the time and I just want to say that I feel like um, for me shame is almost a survival mechanism in the sense that I shut myself down mm-hmm. so that I don't have to have experienced the pain of someone else shutting me down.
1: Oh, that's it so doesn't good. hurt
4: nearly as much to tell myself I'm wrong, I suck mm-hmm. I made mistakes, I'm a horrible person I'm not good enough that is less painful than having someone vocalize that to me
1: Oh man, I you said that and I just thought of this thing I do this thing subconsciously I've caught myself a lot more but if I'm at the register and I like space out or I forget to type in the thing or I swipe the card instead of put the chip in like I vocally am like, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. I know. That's fine. Like, yeah. And, and it's to
4: deflect so that the other person doesn't like, say it to
1: you. Yeah, instead. So exactly. That's so funny. That's such a that's like such a fleeting, like small little one that I literally like, yep, I know I'm fat. It's fine. It's no big deal. You know, and it's so funny how it's really just a way to deflect like someone else doing it to you for you. I just like to put it on loudspeaker because I know that person's thinking it. Like, nope, I know. It's it's fine. Well, it's that (laughs) old
4: idea that the things you don't own, own you. Mm. So if you're owning them for yourself, Mm -hmm. Even though like the ridiculous thing is that's a perceived judgment that other people are probably Probably not even (laughs) even thinking about. I'm sure the lady at the cash register couldn't care less (laughs) that you swiped instead of inserted. You know, like she's probably spaced out thinking about all the things she'd rather be doing (laughs) and not even focused on you. But in your head, if you own that thing before someone else can, they have no power over you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so in... So if that's kind of like another, I'm trying to like, again, give examples so that it's relatable so you can kind of hear yourself in these and also like have the opportunity to like, oh, wow, here too, that too. Um, If you're not a morning person and you think you set up, I mean, you start your day on the wrong side of the bed regardless, right? Ruby might be one of those, but yes. um, So weekends, everybody loves weekends, right? Like, so you wake up Saturday morning and you're like, yeah, Saturday morning. All right. You know, that's your state, like that's your natural, like your essence, that's your, like, who you are underneath all of your responsibilities, like underneath all your name and your titles and the, the things in the hats that you carry. And you can kind of like see Saturday as like freedom, right? Oh, great, perfect. And there's almost a switch, you know, if you work the nine to five or you're not really a huge fan of your job, right? That Sunday afternoon is when like, not the shame sets in, but the shift in energy or shift in like, oh, Sunday's already over because I have to work tomorrow, right? So there's a way to distinguish like your being. Mm -hmm. Your being naturally is like who you were as a child, like essence, your beautiful, natural state when there's no care in the world and no stories, but when you switch and you're triggered, that's when the stories kind of start uh, compounding, dogpiling, start piling up. They start to like uh, create this heaviness. And, and what I'm trying to convey is that when you start to notice the feelings, the negativity, the I mean, for me, the weight, the shame cycles puts me into the spiral. And when I start to spiral out, that's when I'm grabbing for more evidence. And it's been once pointed out to me, like throwing evidence into my grinder of like, yep, more reasons. Here's more reasons that it creates this lasting effect. If you don't, you know, notice or start to like tackle it or start to shift something, right? A tiny little change that it's going to spiral completely out of control and that's ultimately you know why I started this podcast is because I want to be able to have people to see that there's little tiny emotions, emotions and stories and circumstances that are continuing to show up in everyone's life. Like everyone has this. Mm-hmm. And those pains are access to relief. Like if you follow these little tiny pains when they first begin right you create this curiosity and notice that it all started with you know whatever it might be anger for me mostly shame right or guilt whatever it is that that left unattended is actually what creates this too much feeling
4: yeah and that like really contributes to a lot of other negative patterns and behaviors that you may not even be conscious of and that's why it's so important to notice and if you can stop this compound effect in the middle of it because to feel to fill or to counteract those feelings of shame that are just like filling you and
1: that's compounding point totally
4: You may seek outside sources and this is a really good place for noticing actually is when you find yourself distracting. How do you do that? Um, For me, it's like when something bad happens or I'm grumpy and sometimes it's even something small and your first thought is, oh man, that sucked. I need a glass of wine. Maybe you don't have the substance abuse problems that I do, but if your immediate go to is I need a piece of
1: cake. I need a
4: piece of cake. (laughs) Or you start reaching out to maybe an ex who still harbors feelings for you, or someone that you know is attracted to you, and you start reaching out to those people and places for validation, Mm -hmm. for experiences and feelings that draw you out of yourself, out of your essence. And like just deflect from what you're feeling internally and that
1: can really just be a snowball effect of negativity in mm-hmm. your life absolutely I think that that's, that's how it all kind of starts for me is that need to be perfect you know I've talked about this on one of my other um shows is that the need to be perfect it's like as soon as i gain weight i'm like oh my god that's it everybody can see that i'm not perfect and so then i start to start to like overcompensate like i need to be a stellar performing like employee i need to be an out of this world outstanding coach and when those things don't happen it's like more evidence and then i start to just try to like somebody tell me for me like somebody please anyone tell me i'm great and that's so fleeting like that's so not internally rewarding and it's very like what i've realized i've intentionally um worked on being in a relationship with myself and you know putting myself first and and you know holding myself with compassion because this stuff's intense and that's like the beauty of this work is that it gets rough before it gets better (laughs) and you got to play dirty and get in there in the mud of it and really just kind of hold yourself with compassion and practice that too. I mean, going into this, I certainly compassion. What is that? How do you do that?
4: Yeah, that's an incredibly difficult one. (laughs) And in some ways (laughs) may be the only way to truly combat the feelings of shame. Mm -hmm. And those are, that's compassion that you feel and gain from yourself anything that you gain from other people that you draw from other people isn't something that's going to stick and be true for you
1: absolutely totally so the last part of our segment we're going to go into actions all right we've distinguished it we've shared it we've talked about it what do we do about it what is there to be done and how can we do anything different so tune in and you can find me on empoweringwomen.coach website as well
8: Looking to be a successful entrepreneur? The virtual assistant industry continues to be a top choice for those looking to start their own business. The problem can be how to become a virtual assistant. Many turn to the Bible of the VA industry, the book, Virtual Assistant, the series. And it's the perfect guide for office managers, executive assistants, and other administrative professionals looking to make the transition from employee to successful business owner. Go to vatheseries.com to get your copy today.
9: You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting the ReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the ReinventionWorkshop.com today that's the reinventionworkshop.com
0: Cybersecurity is the fastest-growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our e-city helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools the San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingrecity.org or call 619-630-2444.
1: Talk to me.
0: Information, news, and entertainment on demand.
1: WSRadio.com
2: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead, and leaders coach. Accomplishmentcoaching.com.
3: Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hey, thank
1: you so much for tuning in for the last segment, last eight minutes of the show. I'm Clarice Connolly and I'm sitting here with Ruby June. Hi. And uh, we just spent you know the last 45 minutes just normalizing life experiences normalizing and sharing what such a tough topic looks like and how you can help um yourself by just listening to how that applies for you and listening into where that shows up and and how you can see yourself in what we're sharing and that's you know if anything my biggest passion and um call to do this podcast is just, there's not enough women talking about the uncomfortable things. There's not enough people having conversations about, you know, feelings that are real and that are very, like, detrimental. And, you know, that's, you know, essentially my my aspiration for these podcasts is just to bring to you the topics that maybe no one else is talking about or maybe no one else has expanded on or you've never even thought about, really. And... We've talked about, you know, what is shame? What does it look like? You know, how it shows up for us in a fleeting or consistent manner. And what happens when left unattended? It just is an infectious, mood-contaminating spiral of negativity. And so now what I really want to jump into is, you know, actions, right? So we've talked about all these things. We've distinguished it. We've gotten very clear on it. Let's talk about what to do about it. What's next? The one piece I really want to let you sit with is shame needs three major things to grow. Right? And those are secrecy, silence, and judgment. Sit with that, right? Secretly, secrecy, silence, and judgment. And when you're being secretive, kind of get curious. Like, why am I holding this? Or why am I not saying this? Or why am I not speaking to it? When you're silent, it's, it's that avoidance. It's that isolation. It's everything's great. Don't ask me. Don't look at me. Don't even make eye contact with me. And the judgment, like those super loud, negative things, that dialogue that continues to run. And the, the way that you beat yourself up about whatever it might be, right? And so there's things to do. One of them I'm a super firm believer in, I've been doing since, I don't know, eight years old, is journaling. And journaling for me was a lifesaver. And if that's something that sounds daunting and overwhelming, great. Grab a piece of paper that's on your whatever desk right next to you and just dump right? Like I normally started with like, ah, this feels really stupid. Here I am again writing about the things and it's just like, cool. Say that too. Right. Just write it out. And it's literally, it's a way of actually letting go. You're physically letting go, whether you realize or not, you're getting these things out of your body. And if it's one sentence, six sentences, just go until you're like, oh no, I'm good. And that's enough. Oh, and I forgot about what else I was needing to say or Cool. You can burn it, rip it up, shred it up, throw it away, keep it, look at it later, start a journal in a notebook, like whatever. Don't make it a big deal. And that's totally something your survival mechanism or your negative part of you is like, journaling's for girls or, you know, whatever it is. And um, that's going to give you leverage. Like that's going to give you access to like identifying like, oh man, this is the third time this week I've written about the same thing. How interesting, right? And I just swear by it. It's like, this doesn't, it's not a fix. It's just something to like a tool. It's a tool to reach for. You got something going on. You can't vocalize it. Start practicing writing it out and getting it out of you. Um, What would you say that your like go-to shame tool is?
4: Um. So I also like to journal. I find that. Sometimes my shame just wants to be given a voice. Mm. And if I hear it out, I am actually more able to come around to having compassion for that part of myself because out loud or seen on paper, it looks ridiculous. Sometimes it's so silly and rooted in such childish fears and beliefs That I'm almost able to like mother that piece of myself and really hold it up to the light and hold it in compassion. And another really important aspect is that it gives you perspective. And if you're not a fan of journaling, maybe try sitting in the dark or sitting in front of the mirror and really giving voice to those things. If you're not Mm -hmm. willing to write it out for whatever reason, fine. But find a way to give it voice so that you can gain perspective and really learn the roots of why you're having these feelings. Because another really great tool, and believe me, I also balked at this when I first heard it, so (laughs) just hold your judgment, (laughs) is affirmations. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody loves those. You know, some people swear by them. I'm coming around. I sometimes do feel silly, but like I have to say that they have been immensely helpful. And so if you're working with an affirmation, it often really helps if you can identify the core pieces of of your negativity, your beliefs, um, so that you can counteract them with a positive affirmation. So when I really sit and I give voice to my shame, what I come up with is, I'm a bad person for the things that I've done. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve X, Y, or Z, and I'm not good enough. So on my mirror in my bathroom, on in my bedroom, um, I have little affirmations like, I am enough, or I am beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is right on my doorway, and it says... I love myself. I really, really love myself. And the first few times that I saw these things, you know, they didn't feel true for me. I kind of, like, scoffed and rolled my eyes. But as I've as I've had them up for a few months now and I catch myself unconsciously glancing at them on my way out the door or in the mirror when I'm, like, getting ready in the morning, I've slowly started to integrate those things Mm -hmm. into my being and I can read them and be like oh yeah today I do love myself Yeah, and if all I've got is today great.
1: It's a great counter too like I I mean I, I don't remember what the number is but it's like how many times a day do you think that you say something negative about yourself? Maybe a million so if you can interject like maybe four I love you's like that's countering that's doing some work whether you actually physically feel it or not but over time right and there's also the piece too when you start to when you start to integrate those those affirmations everywhere, move them. Mm-hmm. Because then they also become like the wallpaper to your life. Yeah, absolutely. If you like rotate them around and switch them up, like that works too. There's this other piece, and I know you're not in the studio, so this will be fun. It's called a shame hold. And it's kind of this like when you're feeling like ashamed and you really want to start to like have someone hold you or have that like need for somebody else, putting your first two fingers Um, underneath your nose, immediately underneath your nose, right, really beneath your nostrils, and holding the back of your neck, like right where your head meets your neck, and just breathing, just holding yourself. It is so comforting, and it's a very physical thing that you can do, whether you want to do it in a corner, in the bathroom, in the stall, or at home, right? Just holding yourself. Like it is actually sending so many signals on so many different levels. You wouldn't believe So two fingers underneath your nose and your other hand, opposite hand underneath your head where it meets your neck. So I hope that you can take these things home and apply them, that you listen and share with your friends, have someone to be accountable with, have someone to really make a difference with you and make a difference with them as well. My name is Clarice Connolly, and I am a life coach in sunny San Diego and you can find me on EmpoweringWomen.Coach. Tune in every first and third Friday
3: at 8 a.m., and we'll catch you there. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coaches Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coaches Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge Coaches Training Program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coach's Training Program, just call 1 888 548 6813. That's 1 888 548 6813. Do you love wine,
8: but it doesn't love you back
3: in the morning? Then it's time
8: to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover free. To learn more, go to VinVillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.